Hello, City Hope. And we can do better than that. First day of spring 2016. Good morning. I want to welcome the Mobile campus, Foley campus, Baymanette. And, you know, I want us to continue to pray for our guys at Holman. Uh, our guys in our church there are not involved with what's going on there with the the rioting and things, but uh, things are still not settled down. So continue to pray for our guys, for the chaplain, and also for the warden there that they can get things resolved, and just keep them in your prayers if you will. Well, this is the last message in this series, Tune In, and we've been talking about hearing God. And so in ending this, I, have to, I had to ask myself the question, what, what needs to be the capstone on this series? Um, what do I need to say that I haven't said? And let me kind of go over what we've talked about. And if you've missed any of this, you can go online and watch it. We've talked about that we're all sheep and that Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Uh, we know from the authority of Jesus, obviously, that he would not have been referring to just the first century Christians. And that statement refers to us as well. We're sheep and we hear his voice. We talked about how we're friends of God. Jesus said, no longer do I call you servants because the servant doesn't know what his master's doing, but I've told you what the father is doing and, and, and because you're my friends now. We've talked about valuing the voice of God, setting aside time, how to uh, make an appointment to meet with God. We talked last weekend about how valuable it is to hear the voice of God now. And, and I want to say this, just insert this here if I can. If you learn to hear God's voice, be sure you steward what you hear. If you steward what you hear, you will hear more. If you hear something and you don't steward, you don't follow through and do what he's saying or not saying, any instructions, then you'll hear less. So I thought, well, what have I left out? What, what would be the, the, the most important part to put as a capstone here? And so uh, I, I want to I looked at it from this, from this question, how, how can I recognize the voice of God? How can I know that it's the voice of God and not my thoughts and not someone else's thoughts? How can I really recognize the voice of God? And this message is called Recognize the Voice. Well, you recognize the voice through relationship with God. That's how you do it. I referred to a book several times, Dallas Willard's book, Hearing God, and let me quote what he said in the book. If God doesn't still speak today, then the worst thing we could ever do is tell someone they could have a personal relationship with Jesus. Because if God doesn't speak, and there are those who believe that, if he doesn't speak, then it wouldn't be a personal relationship. The whole foundation of this series of Hearing God goes all the way back to a personal relationship with Jesus. So I want to share with you three things about personal relationships. Here's the first one. It's our highest priority. Relationship with God, personal relationship with God is our highest priority. We're going to begin in Genesis 3 in just a moment. In Genesis 3, this is the story where the serpent comes to Adam and Eve in the garden, and he says, if you'll eat this, you will be like God. So think about it for a moment. He said to two people created in the image of God, two people created in the likeness of God, they are the most like God. He said, if you'll do this, you'll be like God. Well, guess what? He, he, he's still doing the same today. 
He doesn't have any new tricks up his sleeve. He's doing the same thing. He says to believers, if you do this, you will have joy. Well, if you have Jesus, you'll have joy. If you'll do this, you'll have peace. Well, if you have Jesus, you have his peace. It's the same thing. The very thing that Satan tells you to do, you'll be happy if you'll do this, is actually the very thing that will cause you to lose what you already have. Let me say it another way. The very thing he tells you to do to get what you already have is actually the very thing that will cause you to lose the very thing you already have. So he gets Adam and Eve to eat the fruit. And we're going to pick up in verse 8 in chapter 3. Verse 8, chapter 3, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Most believe that that's in the morning. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. And then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice. I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. I I, want to take just a moment and I want to insert something here so that you kind of understand where uh, the the message, this series is coming out of. I I learned this about 10 years ago. I learned this from one of my mentors. I've been ministering to adults for about 18 years and children for about 20 before that. And and, and so I, I learned about 10 years ago that teaching, preaching, what I do is delivering a burden. I, I can't just be giving you more information. You can get that online. You, you, have to, you have to meet with God, get in his word, and you hear God. In that time with God, he gives you a burden. He puts something on your heart, and in preaching and teaching, that's delivering that burden. The burden for this series is God says, I want to talk to my people. I want them to know I still talk and I want to talk to them directly. So I hear that burden from the Lord and that please tell my people that I want to talk, I'm still speaking. And, and, and here's what happens. Most of the time, you know, you're in the Bible, you're reading and you're, you're talking to God, you begin to pray and then you sense the heart of God. You sense the heart of God. You say, well, how do you sense the heart of God? Well, I want you to understand that, that God is a person. Let me tell you what makes up a person, a mind, a will, and an emotion. God is not a human being. God is a person because God, he has a mind, he thinks, he has a will, he has a desire, and he has emotions. The Bible talks sometimes he's sad, he's been grieved, he's happy, he has joy. God is a person. So if you think about the personhood of God, and God created this incredible paradise And then he created two children. He created himself, a boy and a girl. He put them in this paradise. And every morning he would go out to meet with them and do something during the day. I think God planned things out. I think he's a God of order and structure. I think he planned things out. I think one day he said, hey, guys, come on, we're going to go for a hike. And we're going to hike over here. We're going to go up the mountains. We're going to go over here. And, and we're going to a place, so just, just be patient. And, and he gets to this incredible place, and there is this huge waterfall. And it's breathtaking, and they're looking at it, and he says, hey God, is that incredible or what? It's beautiful. And God said, I, I made that just for you. I made it for you. Now, now look at it, and, and if you want to, go ahead and take a swim. Go ahead and enjoy the water. I think some days he may have said, hey, guys, we're going, we're going on a little hike today where we're going to go the other direction, and the land's kind of flat, and it's, and it's kind of a lot of underbrush, but we're going to, I have a place I want to take you. And, and they walk, and they walk, and they get to this plains, and they look out on the plains, and there's this incredible herd of elephants. And he said, you see those odd-looking creatures? 
Those odd looking, I made those for you. I think there were days that, that actually God is, 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 is there and, and, and he's sitting outside their living quarters, if you will, near the stream and he's waiting on them to wake up so he can take them on a little adventure every day, a walk, a talk. We just read in Genesis 3, God is walking through the garden another day and he has a plan for that day and he can't find them. And he says, where are you? And then he hears the saddest words he's ever heard. The saddest words that God has ever heard was Adam's reply. I heard your voice and I was afraid. I heard your voice and I was afraid. He'd never heard anything like that before. And we've been talking in this series about hearing the voice of God, and, and here's where the problem all started. It started right here. When sin came into the world, people began to fear the voice of God. They had never feared God's voice before, and now they fear his voice. Sin separates us from God. But here's the good news. Jesus restored that relationship. So if a man and a woman, Adam and Eve, if they can hear God's voice before the fall, if they can hear it before the fall and Jesus has come to restore that, then that tells me then that we don't have to be afraid of God's voice. We can hear his voice because Jesus took care of it and he can restore it so we can hear today. So here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about this because it goes back to relationship. It goes back to a relationship with Jesus. And so I want to do this, uh, but before I get into the heart of this, I, I, I want to kind of, I want to do a couple illustrations. Is that okay? So I need your help. Everybody will help me in the illustration? Okay, 40 of you will. That's good. Okay, you guys in the campus, help me out with this. Okay, if, you, if you're married for 10 years or longer, even if your spouse is not in this room with you or in the campus with you, if you've been married for 10 years or longer, I want you to stand up. Come on. Stand up. Now, at every campus, look around, look at all the people. There's a lot of single people here. <laughs> all right. Now, if you have been married for 20 years or longer, you keep standing less than 20, you can sit down. We just lost a few. If you've been married 30 years or longer, keep standing less than 30, you can sit down. If you've been married 40 years or longer, keep standing. Less than 40, you can sit down. Whoa. If you've been married 50 years or longer, you keep standing. Less than 50, sit down. And oh my goodness, we've got several. Yeah. Incredible. Give them a hand. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for helping me with the illustration. Thank you. Now, Jerry and I, my wife's name is Jerry, okay? Just so you know, it's Jerry and Jerry. Sometimes you think I'm talking to myself. Um, we've been married 42 years. So I'm going to tell you a story, and I am illustrating it through the years of marriage, and then I'm going to ask you if you think the story is true. Okay? All right. So last week... Jerry, my wife, called me on the phone. I didn't look at the caller ID. I picked up the phone and I said, hello. And she said, hey, what are you doing? And I said, 
Who is this? She said, Jerry. I said, Jerry who? <laughs> now, how many of you believe that's a true story? I had actually had one guy in the last service that believed it was true. Now, you know that's not true, right? Okay. Here's the point. You say, well, you may have done that to be mean. No, 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 no. Here's the point. When she calls me on the phone, I know who it is. And all the younger people are saying, oh, yeah, this caller ID. So, so listen to me. There used to be a time younger people, <laughs> when you answered the phone and you did not know who was on the other end until they said hello, okay? Just, just want you to know. So how can I recognize her voice if I can't see her face? Here's why. Because I've spent a lot of time with her and I've had thousands of conversations with her. So how can I recognize God's voice? Spend time with God. It's really simple. Let's spend time with God. Yeah, but pastor, your, your wife's flesh and blood, and you're flesh and blood, and she speaks audibly, so that's how you recognize her voice. Well, ho hold on just a second, because I do have a body, and according to the Bible, I am a spirit, and God is a spirit, and according to the Bible, my spirit can talk and my spirit can hear. We can learn to hear God's voice in the spirit, but there is no substitute for relationship. So number one, it's our highest priority. Number two, it's our highest pursuit. Our relationship with God should be our highest pursuit. So since we're in Genesis, let's think about something in Genesis. In Genesis, they think about the two trees in the garden, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So which tree did God want Adam and Eve to pursue? The tree of life. Okay, so let's fast forward thousands of years. Which tree does God want us to pursue now? The tree of life. God never intended for us to live by the knowledge of good and evil. Never. And many times, even today, we think to ourselves, when there's a, when there's a, a decision to be made, we have a choice, and we say, well, which choice would be good and which choice would be bad? Listen, the same way in the Garden of Eden, God wanted them to live by his voice. And this is where Satan started with Adam and Eve. Has God said? Did God say that? He tried to cast doubt on the voice or the word of God speaking to them. And when he, when he, would, when he got them to doubt God's voice, he got them to sin. God does not want you to live by, is this a good thing for me to do? No, he wants you to live by, is this a God thing for me to do? Is this God? He wants you to hear his voice. He wants his children to hear his voice. He wants his sheep to hear the voice of the good shepherd. That's how he wants to live our lives, not by good or bad. Let, let me say it another way. God doesn't want you to live by your conscience. What does your conscience do? Well, let me tell you in essence what your conscience is. Your conscience is the knowledge of good and evil. But doesn't my conscience play a big part in my life? Oh, listen, it does, but let me tell you the biggest part it's supposed to do. It's supposed to tell you what's good and bad to bring you to the place that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's the main purpose of your conscience. And when you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, do you know what happens to your conscience, actually? It, it's cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Why? So that you won't serve God out of dead works. 
Well, what are dead works? Well, dead works is a way we try to do something to earn God's favor. You, you cannot earn God's favor. You can only receive it. But if your conscience hasn't been cleansed, then you keep trying to do the same things. You keep trying to do the same works to get God's favor. And the, and the Bible says in Hebrews 9, 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Your conscience tells you what's right or wrong, so you'll come to Christ. But wait, 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 Pat, I, I thought you need your conscience to tell you the difference between right and wrong. Why, why can't the Holy Spirit do that? Why can't the voice of the Spirit do that? Jesus said that's his job. Well, watch, I'll show you. In, in John 16 and 8, and when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin. That's the wrong category. There's the wrong and of righteousness, there's the right, and of judgment, there's the consequences. Now, many of you came up in different churches and have different understandings and, and traditional things in your conscience. So I, I, I'm gonna share a couple stories and, and, and I hope these, that I'm not doing this to make you mad, I'm doing this to get you to think, okay? And you, you'll, you'll relate to these, some of you will, some of you won't. Years and years ago, uh, I, I remember this one guy, he'd been saved three weeks. And, and he's listening to others share their testimony, and, and, and we're, we're away on a kind of a retreat uh, from the church, and, and, and all these, this group is there, and I'm leading the group. And so people are telling him, he wants to tell the story. So he said, sure, you, you go ahead and tell your story. He's three weeks old. So he starts to talk. He reaches in his pocket. He pulls out a pack of cigarettes. And so he's, you know, he's tapping the box, you know, and he starts to talk. He takes one out, and he's talking about how Jesus loves him, and he lights it up, and he's smoking and taking a draw and talking about the blood of Jesus and smoke's rolling out of his mouth and his nose, and he, he's going on through. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm there. I, I'm, I'm the leader of the group, and here's a guy. He's not even hiding his smoking. He's not even pulling out the breath mint stuff that you keep so you can hide. You know, a lot of you hide it that way. He, he, he's not even hiding it, you know. So, so I think, well, I'm the leader, so here's, here's what I think. Well, maybe as the leader of the group, I should tell him that health-wise, he, he really needs to quit smoking. Or at least he shouldn't be smoking while he's telling his story, his testimony, right? And then the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, I'll take care of it. Whew, good. And then I remember thinking, well, what if the Holy Spirit doesn't tell him it's wrong? And then the Holy Spirit said, well, if I don't tell him it's wrong, why would you tell him it's wrong? See, God doesn't want you to live by your conscience. That was the thing in my conscience. Is it bad for your health? Sure. He doesn't want you to live by your conscience. He wants you to live by his voice. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm wanting you to think, so let me go to another story. What if God told you to do something that violated your conscience. I've had people say to me, I had a lady say to me, I could never do anything that would violate my conscience. You know, we have our conscience and we're really proud of it and what we believe. And, and, and I said, well, what if God told you to do something that violated your conscience? She said, well, that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be God. He wouldn't do that. And so I graciously, lovingly as a pastor said, you, you mean that the eternal creator of the universe is limited to your conscience? In other words, what you think is right and wrong is going to limit the creator of the world. I was trying to be nice. 
I said, do you know there's a story in the Bible where God asked a man to do something that violated his conscience? She said, there is. I said, yeah, there is. Abraham, you remember Abraham? Yeah, God told him to sacrifice his son on an altar. Would that violate your conscience? Oh, yeah. Now, we know the end of the story, and I'm not saying that God is going to ask you to do something wrong, and I'm not saying we shouldn't have faith and a good conscience toward God. We should have, but the good conscience doesn't come from doing what is right or wrong. A good conscience comes from having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and you hear his voice, and you obey him. If you want a good, listen, your traditional values may not line up with what God is telling you. But when you have a relationship with Jesus and you hear his voice and he talks you and he walks you through life and you obey him, then he, you're developing this, this whole healthy conscience that Jesus is putting in you. So number one, and number two, it's pursuit. Number three is it's our highest passion. Our highest passion is relationship with God. So I'm going to read a story. You've heard the story, but I want to make a couple points out of it. It's in Luke 10, chapter 38, uh, verse 38. And it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. She heard his voice. She's at his feet. She's worshiping. She heard his voice. But Martha, her sister, was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care? I, I wonder how many times we thought, God, do you not care? God, I don't, I'm not hearing you on this. God, do you not care? I, I, you're not telling me what to do. Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But verse 42 but one thing is needed, one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken from her. One thing is needed. What's needed? Listening to his voice. Mary chose what was needed, sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his voice. So I'm going to ask you a question. You do not have to raise your hand on this, but if you're brave enough or if you want to, it's okay. If you don't, it's okay. But I want you to think about it, and if you want to answer it, it's okay. But I, I, think, I, I think I know the answer for a lot of people. Are you worried and troubled about many things? Yeah, there's hands going up voluntarily. Are you worried and troubled about many things? If you are, those things will stop you from sitting down and listening to Jesus when he's in your house. When we come into his house here, we're kind of geared up and revved up for it. But it's in your house if you're busy and you're worried and you're fretting and all this, you may not sit and listen to him. And, and listen, I want you to know, so I have some inside information for you. Would, would you like a, a news-breaking item from heaven? Here it is, okay? I, 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 really, I want you to know that. I know for a fact that Jesus is coming to your house tomorrow. He will be in your house tomorrow morning waiting for you to wake up. The question is, will you be distracted? Will you hide from him? Will you miss him? Will you hear him say, where are you? Where are you? The question is, will you be distracted? You're going to be too busy. Are you going to sit down and listen when Jesus talks? You're going to be like Martha. I started off this series saying I can teach you how to hear God. If you go back and you listen, I've taught you how to hear God. 
But here's what I can't do. I cannot have a personal relationship with Jesus for you. I can't do that. I can't do it. And you know that there, for years, thousands of years, people have wanted pastors, priests, to have a personal relationship with God for them. So watch what happens in Exodus 19, verse 5. Now this is Moses. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all the people, for the earth is mine. And you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Listen, when you are born again, if you are a believer in your personal life, in Revelation 6 it tells us this, in your personal life you are a priest and you are a king. In the church world, you're either a priest or a king. So a, a priest would be the pastor, the leader in the spiritual realm. But all of you spiritually, you are, a king, you are a king and you are a priest, which means that you can go to, the, to God, you can hear God, you can talk to God, and, and he says, tell, tell these words to the children of Israel. In the story, a few verses later, God shows up on the mountain and he says, I want everybody to hear my voice. Exodus 20, verse 19. And then they said to Moses, I mean, God is there. His presence is there. It's thundering and it's all this stuff going on. And they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear. But don't let God speak with us lest we die. Lest we die. And Moses said to the people, do not fear. Same thing Adam felt. Same thing he felt. We got to hide from God. We messed up. What are they? they they've messed up. They're, they're, they're trying to hide from God. For God has come to test you that his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. So the people stood afar off and Moses drew near the thick darkness where God was. Listen, this has been a problem for a long time. And if you don't hear God after this series, this will be the reason why. Because you personally did not develop your personal relationship with him. That's why. It's that simple. If you do not learn to hear God, it's because you did not develop a relationship with him. So watch. Let me flip it. In the same way that I can recognize my spouse's voice because I've spent a lot of time with her and a lot of conversations, you can recognize your spouse's voice because you are the bride of Christ. If you are a believer, you are part of the church, not a denomination. You're part of the church, which is the bride of Christ. And when we get to heaven, we're going to be married to Christ. He is going to be the groom. And so if, 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 if you want to know, you can hear his voice because you're the bride. If you'll simply build your relationship with him and spend time with him, you will hear his voice. And I, and I, I, I have to say this, you know, you've probably heard people read it or maybe you've read it, the, the verse in Genesis where it says where God comes out and he says, where art thou? Well, this strong demonstrative voice. I don't think it went that way. Why? Because I think relationship had been built up. I think fear would produce that in your mind. Where art thou? What have you done? You messed up, haven't you? Fear would produce that. They were feeling fear and shame because they tried to cover themselves and they're trying to hide themselves because they know God is coming because he comes every day to visit and talk with them. I don't think God said it that way. I think God simply said, well, somebody said, well, does God know, did God know where they were? Sure, he knew where he was. He knows everything. That's not the point. The point is, is the relational part of saying, where are you? 
And tomorrow morning, when you wake up, I hope you hear in your spirit God saying to you, where are you? Where are you? I just want you to sit and let's talk. I I just want to help you. I just want to direct you through this day. I just want to walk you through this day. I I just want to love on you a little bit. I want to help you get through the fear. Because you see, Jesus has restored. What he's done, we can restore that relationship with Jesus. So we we can have this conversation. And, 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 And I want you to understand, if you simply build your relationship with him and spend time with him, you will hear his voice. I can teach you how to hear, but I can't develop your voice, your, your, your personal relationship. I can't do that. You're the only one that can do that. I mean, it's, it's the same thought of, you know, you, you can hear God right now, but you have to stop and focus on the Lord. And you think about it with your children, with this whole relationship with your children. You know, you, you know your kids hiding in the closet or under the bed in your room and they're playing a game and you come in and you're irritated and you're ready to go to, to dinner and, and, and they're not. And you say, all right, come out from under that bed right now. Get out of your room right now. Come to the dinner table right now. That's, that's, that's an earthly father who's irritated and hungry, right? And, and, and that's, that's not God the Father. That's not God the Father at all. He desires to have a time with you where you can have, but it takes building a relationship. You, you, all you guys that were married for 10 years and longer and all that, a married period, you know it's about building a relationship. And, 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 I, and I feel like that there's, you know, uh, I feel like there's something that, that I'm supposed to share with you from God. And, and it's simply this, is, I, know you can hear, I know you can hear God. And here's, here's the downfall of that, and, and, and I'll break it down and I'll finish up. Sometimes you think that, well, you know, guys like the pastor, we're supposed to hear, but you can't hear. It goes back to the, to the story. The, the last group had never heard this story, so I, I don't know what happened to them. I hope you have. Remember the little story you used to read the kids, a little engine that could? Anybody in this group? And y'all need to read some good material, Okay. Uh, the little engine that could and you know is the big engine and the little engine and he's kind of he's got to carry all this and I think I can I think I can I think you remember that anybody okay a few of you do I think I can well see here's what I think that we have in our mindset because of years and years of wanting just a pastor or a priest or somebody to hear for us I I I think we, we we have in this mindset that you're little engines and I'm a big engine but but that's not true at all and, and, and the word that I have for you is that I, you, you, I know you can. I know you can. I know you can. You can hear God, but you're going to have to develop a relationship. And maybe you need to be able to say to yourself, I know I can. I know I can. I know I can. And you're going to have to learn and get in that place of practice of sitting still. We talked about all these through the whole time. But you have to, you, you have to desire, I really want to do this. So after hearing this message, my question is, what is the voice of God saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Some of you may be like Adam and Eve. You've messed up and you've done something that's wrong and you're hiding from God. You're here, but you know, and you're hiding from God. And I just want you to know that, that, that he's not mad and he's not ticked off and he's not throwing lightning bolts at you. He's saying, where are you? Where are you? Or, or, or maybe, maybe you need to come back to God. Say, Lord, forgive me. I, you know, or, or maybe you need to start a personal relationship with Jesus today. 
And here's what we want to do. We want to help you. This message, this series, we want to help you. And we do this at every service. In a moment, a pastor will come, and there'll be leaders who will come across the front after you're dismissed, and we want to help you. We want to pray with you. So maybe, maybe you're hiding and you're afraid. Maybe you need to come back. Maybe you're facing a situation in your health or your finances. Maybe you're facing trouble in the family. One of these things that's going on, we want to pray for you. So when we dismiss in just a moment, when people are leaving, you can come to the front. We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you so that you know that you can learn how to hear God. And not just at church and not just at an altar ministry time, but in your house, in your car, in your life. And you develop this and it becomes second nature. And it's not weird and it's not strange. It's God coming to you, his children, every day and saying, hey, I got something planned for you today. I've got something laid out this day for you. Come on, let me show you what it is. Let me tell you how to face it. Let me tell you what to deal with it, how to deal with it. That, that would be a really incredible relationship with the living God, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. It's none of this stone cold idolatry or statues and all this hard religious stuff and all that. That just seems so simple. Listen to me. God made it simple. We've made it hard. The enemy's complicated it by saying, oh, you better hide. He's ticked off. Here he comes. You've messed up. You can't even get it right. Why would you go back and talk to him again? You've tried for years. Why would you do it again? Aren't you embarrassed? Aren't you ashamed? Those are all lies of the enemy because I'm telling you, your heavenly father created you in his image and his likeness. And he, here, here's what he gets out of it when it's all said and done. It's people. When you're in heaven, the bottom line of this, God the father gets his people that love him that are his children, sons and daughters, to spend all eternity with him. So why wouldn't he want to talk to us now? He does. You just have to recognize the voice. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for coming and living and dying. And God, thank you for raising your son from the dead. And thank you that you have repaired the problem that sin has, called, has caused and we can have this relationship with you. But we have to recognize the voice. And just like in the natural, as time goes on and relationship goes on, we learn to hear. We learn to, we learn to detect. We, learn to, we, we, we can almost feel and sense from our spouse what they're thinking and sensing. That is because of relationship. And, Lord, it's the same way with you. Your spirit says things and speaks things to us from you that give us peace and joy and direction and clarity. And, Lord, my prayer for this church, my prayer for every person is to see themselves as the little engine that can and we can hear his voice. And we thank you for that promise. And the church said yes and amen. amen. God bless you.